Michael Keaton is for realsies returning as Batman. Uh, what other Bat actor should return for the new Flash movie? Mine, it's obviously not possible since he has passed, but I would have loved to see Adam West as Batman just one more time. Uh, Lydia. Well, see, so you kind of narrowed the question down, but say, thinking about this. Batman universe actors in general, my first thought was Chris O'Donnell because tiny Lydia had a crush on Robin way back in the day, but looking at him now, I don't think he should come back. So I don't have an answer anymore. <laughs> would would he still have the bat nipples? Technically, they would be Robin nipples. Fair. But uh, he, can, he can leave those in the past as well. <laughs> Tabitha. My original thought was also Chris O'Donnell because there's just something about Chris O'Donnell. However, I agree with Lydia. Like, I don't need him back the way he looks now. Like, if I had a time machine, maybe. Um, however, speaking of that movie, can a girl get Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl again? Like, that's really all I want in the whole life. I'd be okay with that, but can we get Alicia Silverstone's character to be more, to be Barbara Gordon and not Alfred's Granddaughter, was that what that was? Niece, what she was? Niece, niece, I think. Niece. Yeah. Yeah. No, she can have like a real Batgirl story. I just want, I just want Alicia Silverstone to make her come back. It's really what this is about. <laughs> and Matt. Um, I'm actually not going to go with any of the Bat family. I'm going to go with a villain. Um, call me crazy, but with today's special effects and makeup artistry, I want Danny DeVito back as the Penguin. Directed by Tim Burton. <laughs> I mean, sure, but just Danny DeVito back in the top hat as the Penguin. Um, and Matt is the winner right there. Like, yes. <laughs> that needs to be a thing. Have you guys seen the meme where it's like, hey, Danny, Tim Burton called, and it's fine. I got my top hat. Tell him I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. So we're going to start tonight with kind of, sort of, some breaking local news. I don't know. Um, Matt, what's going on with uh, the old Parkway Point? Um, so the movie theater closed down and recently I drove by and realized that there is a cannabis dispensary uh, in the new movie theater. Um, and then actually, as we were getting ready to record, I see an article that says that they are hoping, um, to eventually actually make it into the nation's first movie theater where you could recreationally smoke marijuana during a film um that it's it would be the nation's first um they just felt like you know taking an old movie theater and repurposing repurposing it um was a good way to kind of like open up doors to expand on this um so i don't know the i, I mean i guess we'll see uh because it says that the city has to approve recreational marijuana use in a public space. 
Um, so that has to be a that that's a giant hurdle that they have to overcome before it'll happen. But uh, I don't know. It's an interesting idea. Might enhance certain films. Yeah, also, good to see like that theater not just sitting there because there's nothing as depressing as an old movie theater left to sit and rot. So I don't really care what they put in it as long as they put something there. Truth. I will still say though, um, they 100% should have put Portillo's where the that movie theater is. No. It would have helped so much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Going to Target now is like not any longer a good experience for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Portillo's. Just drive all the way around the back every time. It's easier. But. I don't know, but like, what do you guys think? I mean, I'm, as somebody who doesn't, you know, really partake, it still sounds pretty cool. Uh, I don't know that, I don't know that necessarily a movie theater is the right venue for me. Like, I know that there was talk, like, especially if there's, um, if we're going to allow it for public spaces, about having like essentially bars, but for marijuana. Um, I think that's, sounds better to me, but I don't hate this idea. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting amalgamation of ideas, and I mean, it would be interesting as far as, like, revenue-wise to see how that would, I don't know, how that would work out. I mean, your snack bar sales would be through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> same, like the same, same thought, like, you also have some people that don't like bars, so they would have somewhere to go that's not a bar atmosphere. So that's cool. Also, like, are they going to play, like, new movies? Or is it going to be classics or just stoner flicks? Like, I wonder. Oh, only Cheech and John movies. <laughs> or half <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, I, think, I think I'm good on that one, then. <laughs> <laughs> So I w also wonder if, you know, if this becomes a thing and they are successful, if we will be able to see either of the movies that we're about to cover in Trailer Takedown. I mean, that was a pretty good segue. Was it? <laughs> I thought so. I mean, I feel like I would kind of want to partake to watch at least one of these movies. So, you know. <laughs> I think <laughs> with one of these you need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so tonight we're pitting up uh, Shang-Chi and Werewolves Within. Uh, Matt, since these were both your submission, um, let's start with you. All right. So Werewolves Within is, I should preface this by saying, I know how we abhor the uh, video game to movie adaptation situation in general, um, but Werewolves Within is just that um it's an adaptation of ubisoft's virtual reality horror fantasy game um it's it's a the trailer is basically it's a horror comedy which is still one of those genres that kind of confuses me but um i don't know this trailer makes it work um it makes it kind of look like um Shaun of the dead but uh not British, 
Um, and then the other trailer we have is uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, Marvel's um, entrance into the uh, kung fu film genre. Um, this, I mean, I mean, this is this is Marvel does kung fu. Um, it 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 looks like a fantastic mashup of the, I mean, the MCU and great kung fu movies um as far as points go i'm gonna go seven for shang chi just because this trailer even it's a teaser trailer was just absolutely incredible i already can't wait for this movie um and sadly i'm only gonna go three points for werewolves within because again video game movie adaptations tend to fall flat lydia yeah, I kind of agree with you on the whole video games fall flat thing. Um, however, I didn't realize this was a video game. I know it as a card game. Uh, so I'm wondering if the video game that they're basing the movie off of was based off of the card game or vice versa. But I'm not sure this is going to work the way they're wanting it to. It looks a little too campy. And I know it's supposed to be horror comedy, but again... How does that really work? Um, and again, as you said, Shang-Chi looks exactly like just Marvel does a Kung Fu movie, but it looks really good. So I'm, I'm just going to have to follow suit with Matt and say seven to Shang-Chi and three to Werewolves Within. Because if, if I wanted to watch Werewolves Within, I think I would just go find the card game and a group of people to play it with. Because I think that would be more entertaining. Um, <clears throat> Werewolves Within was weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's really, that's, that's, that, that's the best thing I could say for it. Like, it, it, but a good kind of weird. I was like, I was interested, but not like, I wasn't, you know, like chomping at the bit to see it. It's, it's not something where like, I'm going to get ex- more and more excited with every trailer that they release or anything like that. Um, but the complete opposite for Shang-Chi, uh, I, this was actually, I watched, this was the second time I saw the trailer. I saw it when it very first came out. Uh, and yeah, this just looks fantastic. Um, the the guy playing Shang-Chi, which I cannot remember his name, uh, just looks completely badass. Uh, Aquafina, uh, she's kind of one of those actors where it's like, people either love her or hate her, but she's super funny in this trailer. So like, I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, I was going to go, I was going to mirror both Matt and Liddy on this and give go seven and three. However, uh, with Werewolves Within, uh, I, at first thought, I thought that the, uh, woman in like the, uh, post, uh, post office workers uniform or whatever, I thought that she was Ellie Kemper, who was, you know, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but it's not, it's great value brand brand. Ellie Kemper, who was actually unbeatable Kami Schilt. So I have to take a point away from Werewolves <laughs> Within for that. So they get two points, and Shang-Chi gets eight. <laughs> Tabitha, round it out. Uh, I'm also going with Mitch with uh, eight and two. My eight is for Shang-Chi, because I've, I, I love a Kung Fu movie, and this just looks incredible. And I'm giving two for Shaun of the Dead Twilight's child. Um, <laughs> it 
would have gotten zero points, but it made me giggle like one time. But I could have done without the dog death in the trailer. Not, I'm not, I'm done. I don't, I have, I literally walk out of a movie for that. So like, no, I don't, I don't kill all the people you want. Just don't kill any puppies. All right. So with a score of 30 to 10, Shang-Chi wins this round of t trailer takedown. And we've got a couple of press releases before we get into some re uh, reviews. Uh, the first one, Z2 Comics is teaming with heavy metal icon King Diamond for an adaptation of his 1987 concept album, Abigail. Uh, written by Dan Walters and art by Damian Warm, uh, Abigail tells the story of Miriam Natinas and Jonathan LaFay and the haunted mansion they just inherited. Um, also, Vault has announced a new series by Cullen Bunn and Leela Lays. Uh, it's called The Last Book You'll Ever Read, and it tells the story of Olivia Cade, an author whose new book is blamed for senseless violence worldwide. Now she must find a security guard who, under no circumstances, will ever read her book. Um, that sounds cool. That sounds really cool. And given what we've read of Cullen Bunn recently, like... I am here for it. Yeah, I mean, if he can take that premise and do what he did with, like, Rogue Planet, that should be really interesting. So, uh, first book that we're going to talk about tonight, it's uh, Kaiju Max Season 6, Number 1. It's out April 28th from Oni Press, and it's by Xander Cannon. Uh, so... In this issue, alien warships are en route to Earth, and only monsters in prison in a Kaiju Max, uh, in Kaiju Max prisons can stop them. Uh, man, I, I really wish that I had read more issues of this leading up to it. Um, this, you know, it, it's, it's a jumping on point, and they do kind of give you a little bit of backstory in the very beginning to kind of catch you up. But, like, for me, going into this completely blind, I... I was like, I don't quite know what's going on. At the same time, though, the art, I loved the art. I loved seeing the different types of monsters that, you know, that we have. Also, the humor, completely right up my alley. Um, I, yeah, I just, it really, this issue makes me want to go back and discover what this series is all about. Uh, Matt, I know you also read it. What'd you think? Um, I really enjoyed the art. I love this concept. Um, and like you said, this is a jumping off point. I wish there was maybe a little bit more background because um, like it did kind of just drop you right in um, as far as the story goes. Um, and uh, Mitch, I know you said you really enjoyed the humor. For me, it fell flat in that regard. Um, it was almost like some of the jokes were trying too hard to be funny and for me missed the mark a little bit. So you can understand why I would like them because that's, that's my sense of humor <laughs> to a T. I try too oh, hard and I fall flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that fits. <laughs> Thank you for your silence, Tabitha. <laughs> it looked like she was trying real hard. <laughs> that was a struggle, but we I kept it together. <laughs> um, next up is Out Now Digitally from Tokyo Pop. It's by Goru Kanbe, uh, like two peas in a pod. So 
two uh, high school guys meet and they find out that they have a lot in common. Uh, so what happens when one finds a girlfriend? Uh, Tabitha, I know you read part of this. What'd you think? Um, after I got used to how to read this because it is a manga and you have to go right to left, um, I'm 90 pages in and I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. I really like the super simple black and white art. Um, and I am, I, I think I know where the story is going and I think we all know where the story is going, but like, I want to see how it gets there. Uh, part of me kind of like wants to scroll to the end to make sure I get a happy, like it's happy at the end or I'm going to be like, ah, I don't want to read this going to be sad. Um, it's, it has had a few confusing moments that I think might've been like a more of a loss in translation thing than like an actual writing thing for me where I had to like go back and look at it. And I, I really do think it was just a translation issue. Um, but so far I'm really enjoying this. Uh, I want to stop recording the podcast and go finish it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, I know you also read some of it. What'd you think? Um, I enjoyed it. I definitely, um, I, I, it seems to be a fairly simple, straightforward storyline. Um, and, and I do like the kind of, uh, uh, like simplistic humor of them, like, you know, constantly doing the same thing or like the moment where they haven't been hanging out for a while and they hang out again and they're basically wearing the exact same shirt. Um, but like, you know, like an inverse of each other like that. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I don't know. It's fun. Um, I definitely, like Tabitha said, I think I know where this is going to go. Um, and I'm intrigued to see if the story continues that line where I think it's going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I finished it. And yeah, it's it's a really, it's a nice story. Uh, you know, like, especially especially like i i doubt anybody went through high school without some kind of unrequited love situation and you know like just feeling that you know pain of like seeing like the person that you want to be with for the rest of your life or until you guys graduate high school whichever comes first um, <laughs> and and seeing them with somebody else like it sucks um but you know like so like I really felt for the you know the characters in this and like I also I enjoyed the side characters uh I didn't prepare my notes well enough and this was actually the first book that I read so I've already kind of forgotten the characters names um not the first book that I've ever read just the first book that I read today um just to clarify <laughs> <laughs> but um but the two the two girls like the the uh one that's the library committee member or whatever and then mm -hmm. the other one who is the one boy's girlfriend like you know like i liked them like i really i genuinely liked this story uh and the i don't want to say criticisms but the things that i don't like about this story i'm not even going to mention because it's stylistic of mangas and mangas just they aren't something that i typically read but uh this was a very 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 happy exception last book we're going to talk about tonight is also out now it's from vault comics by C paul cornell and sally cantorino it's i walk with monsters number five uh so this is the penultimate issue and jc comes face to face with the person who ruined her childhood can she do what she feels needs to be done uh matt you said you read this right i did 
Um, this, like all the other issues, it continues to tackle a dark subject um, in a very... I, I, classy is not the right word, but it's just, it's done in a... It, it, it's handled very well. Um, I, the only thing I have, the only issue I had, or concern I had with this, this issue um, was that there was a point where the story jumps back um, in the timeline and then you kind of like work your way forward back to the present. Um, and sadly I was being a little slow and didn't pick up on the fact that we had jumped backwards in time until basically we caught back up to the present. And I was like, Oh, now this makes sense. That's just... so I would have liked a little bit more definitive, like, Hey, we're back in time um, to signify that. But um I will say that this issue started where we expected it to after reading issue four. Um, but it did not take the twist right away that I thought it would. Um, so knowing that we've got one left, that we are going to get a uh, probably a pretty drastic conclusion. So I, uh, I, I'm here for it. Yeah. And I actually, I've been a couple issues behind on this book. Uh, so I actually started from the beginning and read all five issues just so I could be completely refreshed and know exactly what's going on. And man, I love this story. Um, you are right in that I wish that there was a better way to know when we're seeing flashbacks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like it's, it's one of those things where you figure it out eventually, but sometimes it's like you get lost because of that. Uh, but yeah, this is a fantastic story. Uh, and really, like, I honestly, when I got to issue five, I expected this to be the last issue because I expected, you know, when for her to come come face to face with, you know, this this guy, you know, that, that she's been hunting since she was a child, basically. Uh, I didn't expect to have a whole other issue waiting for me. So, uh, yeah, so I am very excited to see how this all ties up. All right, guys, we are going to do some gut reaction. Oof, gut reaction. And we're going to start tonight with Lydia, and we've got some Disney Plus news. We do and we don't. So there is a new deal in the works between Disney and Sony. Because as we all know, Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man, which caused a big issue when they started doing all the Marvel movies and things like that. So if you go on Disney+, Plus, where all the other MCU movies are, you will not find the Spider-Man movies. Um, apparently there is a new deal in the works with Sony and Disney to where all the Sony movies uh, that... How do I word this? All the movies they do together, Disney will be able to stream, but it's looking like they're not going to be able to do it until 2022. Because um, they struck up a deal where the it, Sony's theatrical releases from 2022 to 2026, uh, the titles will be able to stream on Disney Plus, on Hulu, and other platforms as well uh, after they go through their whole window of fulfilling the terms they have with like Netflix and things like that. So, eventually, Spider-Man will get to join the MCU family on Disney+, Plus, but it's still, like, a year away. So, yay for finally having all of them in one place, but 
boo for having to wait for it. So thumb sideways because I have to wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to go thumb sideways. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I have access to uh, many streaming services, so it doesn't affect me. But at the same time, um, y'all, this is why I still buy DVDs from time to time. Because eventually... They might be like, hey, you don't ever get to see Spider-Man anymore. And then I can be like, oh, yes, I can. <laughs> oh, is it me? It is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I tuned out while we were talking about Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> while I appreciate the organization of them all being in the same place, I could give two shits if the Spider-Man movies are anywhere. So, thumb sideways. <laughs> Matt. Um. I'm going to go thumb sideways because this is just an interesting deal because Sony just finished a deal with Netflix for their streaming rights. And now they're going to do this with Disney. And it's like, if I read this right, it kind of seems like Netflix is going to get these movies for like nine months after like the theatrical window. And then from that point on, then they're going to shift over to Disney plus, which I mean, kind of like Lydia said, as long as they're available somewhere, cool, and they'll all eventually join the MCU, but it's just a weird, circuitous route to get there, so. Uh, Matt, let's talk about Amelia Clark's new gig. Uh, so, she was not... She, she just decided she needed to be more than Mother of Dragon. She's going to be Mother of Comic Books, too. Um, she is co-authoring a miniseries, which is three issues, uh, coming from Image Comics starting July 21st with Marguerite Bennett. Uh, the series is called Mom, Mother of Madness. Uh, it is about Maya, who is a single mom who has superpowers. Uh, Amelia Clark has described this series basically as uh, similar in feel to Deadpool. It's going to have a lot of like the tongue-in-cheek um, and uh, slapstick type of humor. Um, but one of the biggest and coolest things about this is that when Amelia Clark decided she was going to do this, she put together an all-female creative team. Um, so her co-writer, artist, pencil, colorist, everybody that's working on this book is, uh, is female, which is just a fantastic thing to do. Um, I don't know. July 21st, three issues. I think this is definitely something to uh, grab off the shelf and give a read to. So thumbs up. Lydia. Yeah, I agree. This sounds really fun. Um, I like the efforts you put into it as far as like having it be all female working on it. Because let's be honest, even in this day and age, women still don't get a whole lot of uh, cred in this kind of thing. So the more we can give that to them, the better. So thumbs up. Yeah, definite thumbs up. Um, sounds like a cool concept. Um and also, I, I like short miniseries so that I'm not, you know, getting lost along the way. But, um, yeah, definitely going to check this out. And plus, also, you know, let's be honest, every single mom has superpowers. So that's awesome. Tabitha. Uh, yeah, Amelia Clark on All Women Team. It's a short miniseries, like Mitch just said. Like, I can actually maybe pay attention to it. Uh, <laughs> thumbs up. So Jonathan Kent is replacing his old man in DC's main Superman title, uh, written by Tom Taylor and art by John Timms. 
Uh, Clark can still be found in Action Comics as well as the new Superman and the Authority series. Uh, I'm giving this a thumbs up. Um, it's interesting that you know there's still there there were rumors about how all of the main DC superheroes were going to be replaced, and then they kind of walked that back, and now it kind of looks like that might still be a thing. But um, but even if that is going to be a thing, if they follow the same trajectory with you know like Batman and Wonder Woman and all that, like those heroes will still be there. Um, but also, like, with Tom Taylor, like, he, granted, he's only, like, a couple issues into Nightwing, but he's killing it on that, so I'm really excited about this, so definite thumbs up. Tabitha. Uh, I don't even know what you just said, to be real with you. None <laughs> of that sounded familiar or made any sense to me, as I do not comic book, but you seem to be excited, and I'm excited for your excitement, so thumbs up. Matt. Um, in... You know, in the world of comic books where they tend to do the same thing over and 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 over again, um, this seems like a little bit different twist um, to do something different. So I'll go thumbs up and we'll see how this plays out. Lydia. Yeah, I, I got to go with Tabitha here. I don't have a clue what you just said, but you guys seem <laughs> excited, so thumbs up. <laughs> Lydia, you also have a Superman story. I do, which is funny that I just said that I have no idea what you just said, because I feel like this kind of goes along with it. Um, also, I am in, like, major doghouse territory for even, like, bringing this story up in this household, and Kevin is, quote-unquote, feeling betrayed by me right now. Um, so... There is going to be a variant cover for uh, Action Comics... 1033, I think. Yeah, 1033. Um, that features a bunch of different Superman on it. Obviously, you have the classic Superman in front and center, and he's surrounded by a bunch of different uh, Superman. You got Electric Superman, you got the black suited, long haired Superman, you have uh, both New 52 Superman, uh, Golden Age, a couple of other ones. Uh, it's really cool looking and it's really neat that they brought that many different outfits and versions of him into it. I don't know exactly why they did it. They didn't really explain that, but it's on there, <laughs> but it looks really cool. And even though I'm going to get even more trouble for this thumbs up. <laughs> uh, well, don't worry, Lydia, cause I'm also giving it a thumbs up. Um, I, caught you know caught a glimpse of this variant cover and a lot of times variant covers they just do them just to do them um and i think that's the case with this i don't think there's any specific reason why they're doing it but to have most if not all of superman's various costumes and iterations or whatever in one cover is fantastic it looks beautiful and i will probably end up buying two copies of this issue and hanging up one up on my wall. So thumbs up, Tabitha. Again, you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> Get your Superman comic on, Mitch. <laughs> thumbs up. Matt. Uh, is it Superman's or Supermen? Like Batman or Super Boop or Bat? Super Boop? <laughs> Did you just say Super Boop? I didn't even know what <laughs> Man, Batman, Superman, Superman. I don't know. I, uh, Supermans. I Supermans. 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 <laughs> Are they from Illinois? Yep. 
Wow. <laughs> I mean, Metropolis. True. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is a cool idea to put all of those different costumes and iterations all on the same cover. So I'm going to go thumbs up. <laughs> uh, one final DC story tonight. Uh, so Dan Jurgens and Ryan Souk are teaming up for DC's Blue and Gold. It's a limited series starring Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Uh, the book will see the two heroes turning to social media to regain the spotlight. Uh, it's no secret that I love Booster Gold. Uh, my only complaint is that it's a limited series. Like, no, give me like 200 issues of this, please. <laughs> Thumbs up. Tabitha. Uh, Mitch is happy. I'm happy. I'm going to get a shirt that says that with like two thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to wear it for all of our podcast episodes. Mitch is happy. I'm happy. Thumbs up. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> um, this sounds like a fun idea, so I'm going to go thumbs up. Lydia. So I'm not going to lie. I had no idea even who Booster Gold was until I started hanging around with you. But yeah, you're happy, so thumbs up. <laughs> uh, Tabitha, let's talk about Rock'em Sock'em Vin Diesel. Okay, so I don't really want to, but what else? Um, a live-action adaptation based on the Mattel game, Rock'em Sock'em Robots, is coming uh, from Mattel Films and Universal Pictures uh, with the production company One Race Films, which belongs to none other than Vin Diesel. Um, I don't know if Vin Diesel is playing the blue robot or the red robot. (laughs) And I also don't know if he's just playing a dad because the description of this movie says it will follow a father and son who form an unlikely bond with an advanced war machine. Do you guys remember that movie with Hugh Jackman (laughs) where he did that same thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's that, but minus Hugh Jackman plus Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Thumbs down. I don't just, dear God, no. Goodbye. No. Thumbs down. Uh, this is not one of those things we need. Um, also, I didn't know if you know this, but Vin, Di- Vin, Vin Diesel, Vin is short for uh, vehicle identification number. Diesel. Um, so- <laughs> Lydia. Yeah, like what Tabitha was saying, there, there's a movie called Real Steel. I'm pretty sure we've already done this and we don't need another one. I don't even think I really needed that one, to be quite honest with you. So, n- no, Thumb- thumbs down. Tabitha, I hate everything you just said. Thumbs down. Me too. <laughs> I like how I have Tabitha going, you're happy, I'm happy, and then she's like, I hate everything you just said. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, she wasn't happy about it either. <laughs> no, I didn't like uttering any of those words. <laughs> uh, Matt, let's talk about a Fairly Odd Reboot. This is definitely a fairly odd reboot. Um, so Fairly Odd Parents is getting a live-action reboot on Paramount+. Plus. They are actually going to start filming this summer. The original creator, uh, Butch Hartman, is signed on to executive produce. And just in case you didn't know, this is not the first time Fairly Odd Parents has been live-action. Um, between 2011 and 2014, Drake Bell and Danielle Monet. Uh, we're in a trio of live-action movies on Nickelodeon. Um, sacrilege, though it may be, I never watched Fairly Odd Parents. I really 
don't have feelings either way on how this is going to go. So thumbs sideways. Lydia. Yeah, I did watch Fairly Odd Parents, and I have feelings about this, and they are not good. <laughs> I, like, I appreciate the fact that they even tried to do live action ones before on Nickelodeon with those people. It doesn't need to happen again. Same way they don't need to do, like, the Powerpuff Girls thing, which I know is Cartoon Network, but still. Leave some things as cartoons and leave them alone. Just, no, thumbs down. Yeah, I agree with you, Lydia. Uh, I feel like if this was going to be animated, uh, I think that I would be a little bit more on board with it. Um, kind of like Matt, I I think I've seen episodes here and there of Fairly Odd Parents, but I think I was kind of on the cusp of being, being too old for it when it came out. So um, I'm going to give it... Uh, no, I'm going to go thumbs down. Yeah, I'm also giving this a thumbs down because I watched Fairly Odd Parents. Fairly Odd Parents is probably one of my top 10 favorite cartoons of all time. Uh, they need to leave it alone. Just walk away from Fairly Odd Parents. Now I have the theme song stuck in my head. Obtuse rubber goodness. Guava juice. Joystick. Perfect cake. Large fries. Chocolate. Joystick. <laughs> Uh, Tabitha, let's talk about uh, Downton Abbey 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that. Um, but really, we're just getting uh, Downton Abbey 2, a secondary movie, coming out of Christmas, again, like the last one did. Um, again, star of the original cast of the show in the first movie, Julian Fellows has written screenplay again, who is the creator of the original show. Um... I don't really know what they're going to do with this one. So I have not watched the Downton movie yet because my life is dumb and I keep forgetting about it. Um, but I love Downton Abbey. I've now watched through the entire series three times, thrice. Um, and, and I love the show. I don't know how the, sec the first movie is, but I'm always up for more Downton Abbey, so I'm giving this a thumbs up. Matt? Um, I have officially seen the entire series through once. Um, have not yet watched the movie. Um, I, I love this show, like, unabashedly. Like, it is fantastic dry British humor at the best, plus Maggie Smith. Um, this, I like the fact that they're going to be doing this as a movie and not trying to like return to the series, which I think would be unnecessary. So they can kind of do, I don't know, in the comic book world, these would be like one shots, you know, um, you know, do that and then walk away. So I'm going to go thumbs up. Lydia. So I tried to watch Downton Abbey and I watched like two episodes and then life happened again. So we all know I'm horrible, horrible about watching things, so I have never, not seen the show. I've not seen the first movie. I, I don't really have an opinion. Like, I know people are excited about like stuff like this, but I, I don't know. I don't. I got nothing, guys. Thumbs up. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like Lydia, I watched maybe the first episode of Downton Abbey. And I honestly, I never went back to it. Uh, 
I just don't think the show is for me. But uh, since Tabitha is happy, I'm happy. Thumbs up. <laughs> I love when things come full circle. <laughs> uh, I just got through all the Marvel movies, so like, <laughs> I'm a bit behind on everything, guys. Tabitha, we're going to stick with you and talk about The Great Gap. The Great Gatsby. There we go. Um, so this is going to be an immersive stage production that will put audiences in the middle of Gatsby's party while still telling the story as a stage production. It's debuting in New York this autumn. Um, it's created by Alexander Wright and going to be presented by Immersive Everywhere, which is a production company that does these like wholly immersive like events. Usually they're based on like TV shows. This one just happens to be based on Gatsby. There will be cocktails, dancing, and scandal happening around the audience, not just on the stage. The venue, the date, and the casting info has not been released, but this sounds like all of my dreams coming true, so I'm giving this a thumbs up for the fact that it exists, a thumbs down for the fact that I would never get to go. <laughs> a fully immersive Gatsby experience like in the midst of one of his parties sounds daunting and intense. Um, and to do that while you're supposed to be trying to pay attention to the play, that just sounds like there's so much going on. I mean, as much as it would be cool, I don't know that I could handle the everything going on. I, I, some thumb sideways. Lydia. So the way the world is right now, you said immersive, and for some reason my brain automatically thought like virtual, like watching it type thing, and I was like, no, that's stupid, and that's pointless. And then I caught up with everything and realized, oh, you mean like dinner theater type setting, immersive. And then my brain caught up and went, oh yeah, that's a cool idea. So <laughs> yeah, oh, thumbs up, that sounds fun. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I keep going back and forth. Like, it sounds cool, but kind of like what Matt said, like, it's a lot going on, but there'll be cocktails. So, thumbs 75% up. <laughs> Ain't no party like a Gatsby party. True. Because a Gatsby party don't stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Until someone's dead in the pool. Green <laughs> oh. light special. Oh. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> Matt, let's talk about the Song of Horror. Um, <clears throat> so just under a year ago, this game debuted on Steam. Um, it's called Song of Horror by Razor Games. Uh, and they actually just released a brand new trailer for the game announcing that it is going to be available for PS4 and Xbox One as of May 28th. Um, so I don't know if this was originally the plan, Um or if they just had enough success with the game on Steam to just try and essentially port it to console. Um, long and short is that you take control of um, one of 13 different unique characters to help investigate the disappearance of a writer, Sebastian P. Hushers. Um, the trailer for this, minus the voiceover, looks creepy AF and really cool. Um, 
like playing this with the lights off on the big TV instead of like at my computer, I think I might have to give this a try. Um, I'm going to go thumbs up for the whole idea. I'm going thumbs down because the voiceover on this trailer absolutely just destroys any ambiance that's created. I think it's called ambiance. <laughs> what? That's definitely it. <laughs> Lydia. Yeah, this sounds cool. Um, and I'm all about getting uh, different players uh, more access to different games. So I probably would still just play it on Steam, play it on my PC, and just turn off all the lights because my TV is my computer screen, so immersive and crazy as that would be. Um, but yeah, so getting games like this to more people is always a good thing to me, so thumbs up for that. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to go thumbs up. Um, it's not it's not really my uh, my cup of tea, but it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, this sounds spooky. I'm here for it. Thumbs up. <laughs> so a couple of kind of sort of heartwarming stories before we get to our last story, which I feel is not going to be super heartwarming, or at least knowing me, I'm going to make it not super heartwarming. But anyway, so... Um, so, NASA has flown a small helicopter on Mars. Uh, the drone, called uh, Ingenuity, was airborne for under a minute, but it is still the first powered, controlled flight uh, by an aircraft on another planet. Uh, thumbs up, NASA, keep doing your thing. Tabitha. Thumbs up. This is cute. The, even the little, little helicopter thing looks cute. The little helicopter robot. This is adorable. I love it. Matt. Go NASA. Thumbs up. Lydia. Agreed. Good job, NASA. Keep it up. Thumbs up. <laughs> I like how we're so nice to NASA. I mean, we love NASA. NASA kind of gotten the short end of the stick in the last few years. So. NASA is arguably the only government agency that I would meet like the head of and not go. She's <laughs> 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 got a point. There. <laughs> so. After literally everyone demanded it, uh, LeVar Burton will get the chance to guest host Jeopardy. Uh, his episodes will air July 26th through the 30th. Uh, super thumbs up on this. LeVar Burton probably should just uh, permanently host Jeopardy. Uh, I feel like he's one of the few people who are deserving of it. Um, and even though I haven't watched Jeopardy in a hot minute, uh, I might tune into this. Tabitha. I'm not over the loss of Alex Trebek, so I have not yet watched Jeopardy with any of the new hosts, even though Anderson Cooper was one of them, and I don't know how I missed that. Um, I'm, I like LeVar Burton. I like what LeVar Burton has done for the scientific community, but, like, I don't know. I just... <laughs> I want Alex Trebek back. Like, can we just get an Alex Trebek robot? Would that be weird? <laughs> Subways. I have conflicting feelings. Matt. Well, who was it that did that concert tour with the 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 Tupac? Tupac? Mm -hmm. It was like the holographic version. So we yeah, get that. I'll take an Alex Trebek holograph. That, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I love the fact that LeVar Burton is doing this. Um, the idea of the guest toast is kind of cool. 
but it also scares me because I've seen how that whole guest host thing, if you will, has gone, can go downhill so super fast. Um, I.e. having guest singers for the seventh inning stretch of Cubs games. Then you end up with Mike Ditka and Ozzy Osbourne. And I don't know why. Um, so, like, <laughs> as long as you don't get to that level for these Jeopardy guest hosts, I think we're going to be fine. Um, but I have to agree with pretty much everybody that if anybody should – not that Trebek can be replaced. Trebek. Holograph. Wow. What? Holograph. Holograph? <laughs> I mean, we should give LeVar, LeVar Burton a shot. Uh, I'm going to go thumbs up. Lydia. Yeah, I think if anyone could, like, take over, so to speak, for Alex Trebek, it would be him. I, I am kind of sad that it's just a guest thing at this point. I feel like they should just go ahead and give it to him if they're going to continue to have Jeopardy episodes. So, thumbs up for having him around, but, you know, keep him there. Wait, I have, I have a question. Can we get a Sean Connery guest host? No, because he's dead. That's right. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so Lydia has our last story tonight and it deals with a T-Rex yes yeah, so apparently they have started uh, doing some more research into Tyrannosaurus Rex like anatomy and everything the way they move and they have determined that they are a lot slower than we initially thought they were so they've pretty much blown, like, Jurassic Park completely out of the water as far as a T-Rex tra- chasing down a Jeep. Because this new study that they've done, they took all the information that they have had of T-Rex over the years, um, their size, their stride length, all that, and they basically transformed that into a, uh, um, a model T-Rex that they named Trix by the way, um, and her size and everything, her step length will be about 6.2 feet, and they uh, say her stride, like normal stride speed would be about 2.6 miles per hour. So they are slow AF. <laughs> but so they've been doing a lot of studies of, basically how their tails, tailbones and tail muscles would work as far as helping keep them balanced, how that would slow them down, all that fun stuff. Uh, They're hoping to kind of take that and work it into research for other species of dinosaur and see how that affects everything. But yeah, they kind of just took this and went, hey, guess what, guys? Your your T-Rex is not chasing a Jeep. Not at all. Because they're saying that that's about their walking speed and their running speed is maybe 10, 15 miles an hour. So, yeah. Not happening. <laughs> I love how, like, every time we learn something more about the dinosaurs, it's like, it just makes them cuter and cuddlier and less, like, scary. Uh, well i also saw i saw it today actually that uh they found out that tyrannosaurus rexes didn't they were not solitary predators they hunted in packs they hunted with their family like because of the thing that they found in utah like 
two days ago. Um, they hunt in they hunted in packs. They hang out with their buddies. So now they're they're slow, they're friendly, and they're covered in feathers. Like <laughs> in the head, they're no longer intimidating. Basically, they're gonna find out. They couldn't make noise. Uh -oh. Probably didn't have a vocal vocal cord or something. That's gonna be real sad. They just keep getting cuter and cuddlier and less scary, and it just brings me so much joy. <laughs> <laughs> Until they finally, like, are able to clone one and bring one back to life, and they're the terrifying monsters that we all thought that they were originally. I mean, to be fair, they're still freaking huge, because, like, I think they said that they are estimated around, like, 12 feet tall, and the largest one that they have found was supposed to be, like, 19,555 pounds. So, yeah. No wonder they're not quick. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, even if they are cute and cuddly and covered in feathers and slow as hell, I, would, I think I would still be a little bit terrified if that was coming at me. Yeah. No yeah. one is ever going to convince me that the goose is not descended from a brontosaurus. Ooh. Canadian geese. <laughs> Canadian geese yeah. are descended from brontosaurus. I, like, there's no research for it, but it's just a headcanon that I have about the universe. <laughs> I don't know. At the same time, though, like, I always kind of felt like brontosauruses weren't you know, as big of uh, a-holes as Canadian geese are. Because <laughs> Canadian geese are a-holes. Yep. I don't know, yeah. Littlefoot can be kind of a dick sometimes. Yeah. Who can? Littlefoot? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Land Before Time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been a minute since I've seen that. Can't watch that movie, it makes me cry too hard. <laughs> <laughs> See, that I burned is... a VHS of that movie. <laughs> <clears throat> that, was, that needs to be the shirt that you wear every week. What? I can't I can't watch that movie. It makes you cry too hard. <laughs> <laughs> so are we just gonna start like making a list of all the t shirts she should have and we're just gonna bombard her at, at like Christmas time with all these t shirts? Yes. I love I love a graphic tee. <laughs> Do it. Also, we should start selling them. Yes. Oh. Be like Tabitha. We got our own Tabitha merch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get a merch yeah. store with our logo on the back. Yes. <laughs> and all the dumb shit I say on the front. <laughs> Get a logo Perfect. with Shane Bell. Right? Okay, Guys, we can make this happen. Again. <laughs> 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 well, we should probably end this episode so we can start planning our uh you know our multi million dollar idea here. <laughs> Hashtag branding. <laughs> So that's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we'll be posting news throughout the week. While you're there, give us some feedback. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, at the Geek Awakens there we go. Uh, thank you for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Everybody, say bye. 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 Bye.